Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the opportunity to sit down and chat to amazing humans. Today, I have the great pleasure to welcome Sharon to this conversation. Welcome, Sharon. Hi, Matt. Hello, welcome. Um, as I always do, just a very quick introduction from me, and I'll let you do the proper introduction, please. Um, so Sharon and I have known each other through social media. Seems to be a theme, actually, with some of these recordings. Uh, social media, more primarily onto LinkedIn, uh, the professional platform where we both sort of talk about our experiences and the things we do, the work that we do within mental health. And it's just great to sort of meet up with people who have a similar sort of theme running through their lives. So Sharon, that's my introduction. I think you're a great human. I love the work you do. I love your posts. So um, tell everybody all about yourself and what you do uh well thank you um i'm um sharon as you said and i am a mental health first aid instructor um with mental health first aid england and i have also been working in the health and fitness industry for i'm going to give my age away here 30 years so i have been personal training running my own business personal training and supporting people's overall wellness really is how i would describe myself uh, for yeah most of my working career actually so yeah that's that's me that's what I do amazing well we're going to talk about all those different elements and and that long career that you've had in <laughs> personal training as well but the big question as always in these conversations is your journey with mental health now you define what that means and what you want to tell people but tell some of your story let people know who you are yeah okay so um mental health for me is actually quite exciting now um because as you will know matt and many people listen to this no one really talked about mental health before and you know we all have mental health right but people still see that phrase mental health as a negative mm. because they associate it with ill mental health um but times are changing and people are learning more and more and the world is opening up for more discussions around the topic of mental well-being. Now, for someone that has experienced depression and anxiety most of my life, so my first diagnosis was the age of 11, wow. where ill mental health just wasn't recognised in children. To have people actually having conversations now, even like we are, to me is actually a real positive. So I've kind of gone, not I wouldn't say full circle, but I definitely see it is becoming more positive. Of course, we've got a lot more to do. But if you just said to me even five years ago, Sharon, would you ever talk about your mental ill health and your struggles? I would never have spoke. I would never have had the strength to talk about it through fear of being judged, um, being called all the things that, that I've heard people say about other people in the past, um, ruining my career which I pretty much did on my own at one point because I was experiencing what I call a physical and mental breakdown. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I've come a really long way. And I think, you know, you know, when you think you found your vocation, so personal training has always been a really big part of my life. I did work experience at a leisure centre when I was 14, purely because I thought it would be a bit of a DOS. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll go to a leisure centre. That would be really easy. And I loved it. So I already knew I wanted to work with people. I knew I wanted to do something around exercise. I was never sporty, by the way. I'm, I'm not a sporty person, but I just liked exercise. Yeah. Um, so that's what took me into personal training. And I really thought, oh, my God, I found what I want to do. I really want to help people. And I think I'm quite good at it. And I was a break from the normal stereotype, if I can use that phrase, of 
someone in Lycra with a six pack and I'm the personal trainer and the clients down there. You know, I, I, that's not ever been me. Um, so I've really evolved in that. And then obviously, as the years have gone on, I noticed the massive link with physical and mental health and how I was able to offer people that insight and support just through what I'd learned myself through lived experience and self-taught. And then obviously I've gone on to now teach mental health first aid. And I do that purely because I did the course as a delegate, um, thinking I'm going into it, thinking I already knew a lot yeah. and leaving, real, realising I really didn't know very much at all until I did the course. So, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Wow. So it's a better place than I was in a lot of times before. Yeah, it's fascinating. We're going to break, I'm going to break that down with you as well. We'll talk about yeah, different no. elements because I think there's so many different parts within there that you've, you've taken on board, you've changed and you've evolved. And, mm. you know, in the latter part of that story, what's lovely is you're using these experiences and your personal understanding and awareness of mental health to help support the conversation further. Yeah. Yeah, and, and totally. that's critical. We'll, we'll touch on that towards the end of this. And I think we'll, we'll talk about where you want to be and what you want to do next with that. But I would like to go back to those earlier days. So the first part of that, you said very clearly, you know, you had been diagnosed with depression, anxiety at a very young age. And, and you know, recognising there's lots of people that are struggling right now with young people. Yeah. How was that? Can you define that or describe that when you were in those, you know, younger years? How was it for um, you? Yeah, it was, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Right, yeah. It was, it was like being, having an overwhelming sense of fear, mm -hmm. but not really knowing why. Yeah. Um, having a, a sense of, well, I had no worth. Um, I, the shame was crippling. The, the shame of it was absolutely crippling. Um, and I, I felt so alone, even though I wasn't alone. You know, my, my, I am fortunate that I have a really supportive family. Right. Um, and they might not have always done what was necessarily the best thing for me, but they definitely did <clears throat> what, what they thought was right in that moment. And they fought for me. They fought yep. really hard. I mean, my, my parents took me to about nine different doctors looking... Um, for some kind of support um, and they got turned away every time saying that it didn't exist I was too young wow. not nine is too young um, and eventually they paid for me to go to Great Ormond Street Hospital and I actually only just found out that they paid right. I thought that that was something the doctors had referred to me to okay. now how my parents found the money for that I've got no idea you know we're going back into the well, it would have been the 80s, mm. you know, my, my parents certainly didn't have much money. Um, and it was there that, that I got the diagnosis. And actually, what's interesting about that is my sister's a psychologist, and she was able to get our medical notes. Okay. And those medical notes said it was the worst case of childhood depression that they'd ever come across. Now, I don't believe that to be true. In fact, I don't believe it's true. Right. But I, I just don't think it was something that was necessarily seen that, that often. Mm. That doesn't mean to say it didn't exist. I no. think it just was never spoken about. I wonder how many other children my age were just turned away and left to kind of try and manage yeah. their, try and make, make a sense of the world and themselves on their own. Um, 
it was it was incredibly challenging I, I can't you know everything that people talk about might talk about now or understand is that I didn't eat I didn't sleep I didn't feel like I had any friends I had no energy I couldn't function um the slightest thing would reduce me to tears yeah. um all of those things that I think a lot of people will experience now and do you know what Matt the the, the, the thing that I have always battled with in my head is why? Yeah. Why, why, why me? And when I say why me, I don't mean that in a, um, <clears throat> uh, a pitiful sense. I don't mean no. like, why me? I mean, what was it in my character and my weaknesses that took me to that dark, dark place? Yeah. What, what could I, I just didn't understand what I could have done differently to have prevented it, particularly at that age. So I spent, my, and, and a lot of counselling is based around that, you know, they'll, they'll go over the past yep. and they'll look at the past and they'll delve into the past to try and find these sections of pain or anything that you need to discuss to work on. And actually I spent 40 years doing that and it wasn't until I stopped doing that that I got a breakthrough and rather than continually looking at the past and looking searching for a reason why that perhaps I could have struggled so deeply yeah. I started looking at how I could manage today and as soon as I started doing that it was a massive game changer mm. so it's a big release of that yeah sort of that, yeah that negativity or that that worry or that concern was it yes I just stopped searching and for why and started searching for how just for today so yeah. just for today, I have or I'm going to and and just look at it that way. And, and that that's been brilliant for me. Mm. So just for today, I'm going to be the best I can be today. Now, if the best I can be today is, you know, fabulously sitting here with you on a podcast. Yeah, but equally, if to the best I could be today is literally getting up, going for a walk, coming home. I'm not going to beat myself up about that. Mm. Fortunately, that doesn't happen very often now. But I think we put too as human beings we put too much pressure on ourselves a lot of the pressure we put on we're put on comes in from internal yep. thoughts of wanting to be why i feel a failure because i'm not like that person or i don't have a right to feel like this because i've still got a job or you know my friend is homeschooling and i'm not and i don't i, I don't feel i have a right to feel this way and actually it's not about having a right it's it's about being a human being and you don't you don't have to have climbed a mountain and fallen down it to experience poor mental health sometimes it just is and that yeah. doesn't mean that someone isn't worth the support and the understanding than anyone else no absolutely and that that's the key isn't it it's and the challenge we've got right now is you have to be on your knees begging for support or at crisis now don't you to actually access anything was there much support when you were younger did you get much any anything no no not, not that i remember i can <clears throat> remember going to uh, i think i was 12 when i went to see a counselor and it was obviously through the doctor's surgery um and i think it might have been at a child wellness center or something like okay. that but it was with my parents right Okay. Yeah. So they're asking you what's going on at home with your parents sitting there. Now I couldn't have really told you if there was anything sure. right or wrong going on. I still don't really know, but you know, I just wouldn't talk. No. Say you look like you don't want to be here. Well, of course I didn't want to be there as a twelve-year-old yeah. girl who couldn't even look at herself in the mirror. 
and I'm being asked in front of my parents why I felt so awful. I yeah. couldn't answer it. I, rem I remember that. I remember that the school had never ex had anything like it. They didn't. They really didn't know what to do, and they tried mm. everything that they thought was right, um, and learned what was wrong by getting it wrong. And you know, I can remember teachers turning up at the house uh, on a Friday night just when I was in that relief of oh, I haven't got school tomorrow this is good right, yeah, the, yeah. the doorbell would go and that panic I mean I'd go and run hide under the bed I'd run away I'd climb out the window and run away um just the, the fear and I couldn't tell you what that fear was mm. um I got driven to school in the car with the child locks on and four teachers came out and <laughs> grabbed me by my arms and literally forced me into the building. Um, and there, there was no malice there, no. but I think they just didn't know what else to do. And uh, I can remember screaming and asking them to let go and that I would walk in myself. And in the corner of my eye, I saw one of the school children who was in the year above me, who was obviously late for school that day. And he saw that so he saw me being sort of not dragged into school but forced yeah, into school yeah. with me hysterical and it just tipped me and as soon as they let go I ran and I, I, I just ran I ran away um not for very long but yeah, yeah. but yeah. and that set me back really that, that added to the phobia of whatever was causing that phobia it added to that about mm. going to school and I think I would say to any child now or any parent that perhaps has children in a, that are feeling similar yep. um don't put pressure on them you know if all your child's done today is got up and brushed their hair that's more than they would have done yesterday that's a step in the right direction mm. if your child has turned their laptop on to do their schoolwork, but they haven't actually done anything is that a bit more than they did the day before then that's the win and I think we quite often we want people to feel better so quickly we forget about those mini middle stages and those mini stages. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I would say, of course, is it does get better. It yep. does. Yep. It takes time, but it does. And that you know, we we say this, Matt, as mental health first aid instructors, there is always hope, and hope can be very powerful. Oh. Hundred percent, and I and I think everybody listening, you know, hope never lose that, never lose that hope mm. of change. I, I I put a post out a few days, a couple of days ago, about that. You know, when I had my crisis, and this isn't about me, but it was just that I never lost that hope of you know changing and recovering, or at least having a journey towards a recovery. And please, you know, anybody listening, know getting support is there if you look for it. If, but you have to fight, you have to really go after it. And, mm. and you know, there are people to talk to and, and always know that. I think that's such an important part of, yeah. you know, the, the evolution of this conversation. You, and, and I want to go back to that point that you made at the beginning, which is around, you know, a few years ago, this conversation wasn't really open. Now we're, open, look, we're talking about it on a chat like this that mm. is accessible to anybody who wants to mm. listen to two of us talking about it, you know. And it's amazing because it's changing. We are mm. changing the world slowly and i hope and i do and that is the word isn't it it's the i hope that people can connect to it and find something there because so so the question for you then is if if you think and i don't want to go back too often to to your younger years because you're now a, a, an adult a wonderful adult who you know is doing amazing stuff what would you tell yourself back then now what would you what would you think would be the best way out of that 
Is there any tips you'd give? You know, I got asked this the other day and I, I found that quite hard to, to answer. So it's, it's almost a bit like, you know, when you say to someone, where do you see yourself in five years time? And I think, I, I'm not sure if I can look, look, look that far ahead, but yeah. I would say to, to somebody back then is don't beat yourself up so much about, about stuff and, you will my mum used to sit with me and she used to say you will look back on this and you will think what's that all about and almost laugh and I used to go I won't I won't I won't (laughs) mum I won't I'll never I'll never I'll never be able to I'll never be like everyone else carefree she said you will you will and here I am I am I mean you know I'm not carefree but I'm you know I'm healthy and I'm happy happy um and yeah, I, I think that if I could go back to myself back then, I would say you will be all right. It will be all right, yeah. I think. And I yep. think also I would say that as you get older, I don't know you about you, Matt, but someone that's experienced crisis as an adult, there is an element of living, I wouldn't say living in fear, but if you have a flat day, which everybody does, that's normal. You yep. think, okay, I'm just having a flat day. If you're having two flat days, I can't lie and say I don't think is it going to happen again Mm. am I gonna is that going to come back and then you start to look at okay what do I need what can I do just for today that might make me feel a bit better I think that's learning the right coping strategies and I think when I had what I call a physical and mental breakdown which was uh eight years ago I, I can just remember I, that was a real the worst crisis point I think I've been at because I thought I can't go through this again right. how many more times can you pick yourself up and, and dust yourself off so to speak I just didn't think I'd have the strength I really didn't and yeah. and that scared me of course that, yeah that scared me yeah and two different two different things similar things but two different because one was when yeah. you were a child and one's obviously in your adulthood yeah. and yeah so how did you come through that one how did you sort of bounce back from that you... um I, I wouldn't say about no and I, I said it and <laughs> no, I didn't I mean know, to say I it I, and I can't edit it out so apologies <laughs> to anybody that thought that was a really harsh way come on you must have bounced back right it's, no, no. Yeah, I know. so how did you how did you come through I think the, as an adult it was a lot harder I would say because um you I was a lot more a lot a lot more secretive I would say so I wasn't taking any time off work but I wasn't turning up for work if that makes sense so I'm self-employed so I would say to clients I've got flu that's what I did say actually and I I had two weeks off work now that wasn't a complete lie because I actually did have physical yeah it, it felt very physical I was shaking I couldn't eat I had a headache there was all of that but it was pure anxiety and depression that had taken me to that phase when I went back to work, I'd lost a lot of weight. So everyone was like, oh, you've lost a lot of weight. Oh, because you've had flu. Or being in the personal training world, every day you will get someone say, you've lost weight, you look well. Or yeah. you'll get, yeah. you've lost weight, you don't look very well. Mm. Or you'll get, you've put weight on. Yeah. People people like to tell you what you look like as a yeah. personal trainer. Yeah. Um, so, I, but I wasn't, we talk about, um, absenteeism and presenteeism mm. in the workplace and you know I might have turned up but I certainly wasn't my whole I didn't take my whole self to work no um and for that my business really suffered and I can appreciate that um but it, it what scared me was um the fact that I 
I, I just didn't want to be here anymore. And I was making plans to not be here anymore, some serious plans. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that I really didn't want to not be here anymore. I just didn't know how to cope with the pain. I wanted the pain to go. Um, but I guess the, 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 the fortunate side of that is I knew the signs and I, I just walked, I drove straight to the doctor's surgery. Well, about three days later after making serious plans, oh, yeah. I drove to the hot doctors and just walked in. I, I, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't actually speak. <clears throat> and they asked me what was wrong, but I, I, I had to write because I couldn't get the words out. And that sounds really, really lame, but I, I, I physically couldn't speak. <laughs> And I wrote it down and I just said I can't stop crying and they were like okay and the doctors were brilliant right. absolutely brilliant and they, they really supported me that day um, and then from there I had cognitive behavioral therapy um, which I do think was a game changer but I, when I say game changer this is a long time after that episode I got myself into loads of debt by ringing online counsellors in the middle of the night all over the world, I would just Google online counsellor for any, I just wanted to talk to someone mm. that would just understand and listen. And I, I spent all my savings. I wasn't really earning for, as very much money because I wasn't working much. And I, you know, I got myself in dire straits. But would I do that again to be where I am now? Yeah, because it, ultimately my, I'm still here. Yep. might not have been the best approach when well, it wasn't the best approach but at the time it was a lifesaver yeah but you know what like you say you're you're still here that's the most important part of it you come mm. through and you know you you found this pathway in your journey which has got you to where you are now and how are you now how do you feel now yeah I feel very good actually I think when when you have friends and family that know about your life experience and, and I only started talking about it publicly I would say three years ago, okay. um, which was a relief. Um, I think that I'm very good. I'm very stable. And I think when there are blips in the road, such as the last year, it's been a massive blip <laughs> in the road for most of us. Yeah. I'm putting that nicely. Yeah. People, Something happened. I don't family know. and friends will always be like, are you all right? Are you all right? Yeah. Are you all right? And actually I have been all right. And you know why? Because I just look at today. Yeah. I just look at today and we're all in it together at varying degrees um, and we can't, I can't change it. I right. can't change what's going on. I can only do the best I can do today. And for that reason, I'm good. If I looked ahead at this time next year, well, I don't know what's going to happen no. in a year. So no. I just don't really go there. I make, I make plans. I, I think what I'd like to do and I think, right, how am I going to get there? But I don't make it my life goal <laughs> to get to that place. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm actually doing very well. Thank you, Matt. It's, Brilliant. it's okay. I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. I live on my own. I, I, I do have up and down days, but everybody does. We say you live on your own. You've got Smokey the Safi with I you have. as well. You? I've so got Smokey the Safi. You, he's been very quiet. Yeah, he's, done, he's been a good boy. He's done he well. has. That's because you took him for a nice walk earlier. He's hiding he's, down there. So I, oh, yeah, okay. so I yeah. rescue seniors. And yeah. he's been a joy because Smokey came to me yeah. Just as much much anxiety as me. <laughs> oh right, okay, but that's yeah, good. So he yeah. had he had severe alopecia. Yeah, amazing. Um, and it's a great story as well, isn't it? So people can see that story with you and Smokey as well. And yeah, I'll, I'll drop a link to it because I think it's a it's a great story to 
sort of read as well. You, yeah, Britain's the most unluckiest dog. Yeah, well, that was it, wasn't it? That was the headline. Yeah. He was known as Britain's lucky, um, most unluckiest dog. And look at him now. He's a lucky boy now, isn't he? I don't know if I can get you to see him. Let's I see. I don't know. For anybody on the it's podcast bit, listening. It's a bit dark yeah, down there, dark everybody. Down there, Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's the joys of winter. We've got this yeah. darkness. He will, he will make an appearance. Don't yeah. worry at some point. But, but you know, so, so you've got, you've got Smokey as well. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a fascinating story. And, you know, we've, we've been chatting for 25 minutes, believe it or not, already. And it's just the time just flies on these conversations. Um, so I will ask you to sort of, you know, put some final thoughts in there, a bit Jerry Springer style. But, but, you know, from my perspective, I, you know, I think it's just incredible your journey. And, and I love these these opportunities to just listen to people's real life experiences. And I know you've shared it. I know, you know, in other media and forums and stuff. But for the audience of, that listen to this podcast, it will probably be new and and the mm. first time but it's that you're accessible as a human you know a lot of us have got young children who we are worried about you know with anxiety mm. and signs of depression and their low motivation and and things and and I think what you've shared is so helpful for many you know to listen mm. to to say look and and from personal experience with my daughter it's you know it's something that we've had to battle through I can empathize with your parents having that mm. don't know what to do you've come through that, you've been through another crisis point, you've come back, you know, not saying bounce back, because that's totally the wrong word, but you've come back, and now you're doing great stuff. So the final question really is, what do you want to do in the future with what you're doing? Have you got plan for that? And I know you say you don't want to look too far ahead, but but do you have an aspiration there? Is there something yeah, you want so to try, try and get out? I think for me, it's it's fairly simple. And if in and I know it sounds a bit Jerry Springer, and, and a lot of people say that. But if in sharing my story, and you know, I'm not. It's not like I'm famous, and I'm this person who's got this story, and everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm just a regular person. There was no massive trauma in my life. There, you know, it it just ha it just is what it is. You know, I just so happened to experience really severe depression and anxiety you know it wasn't like drug induced like a rock star or anything there's no fancy story to this and I think if people can see that and see that you can come out the other end yeah. and that that it does get better then to be honest with you I'm quite happy and if someone said what's your aspiration where do you want to be in five years time do you know what I'd say happy brilliant I want to be happy yep it, it, it's that it honestly is that simple and it's I'm not going to challenge that. Let's hope we're, all, let's hope we're all happy and let's keep more positive. And you are a really positive and infectiously positive person. So keep going with all of that. And when you struggle, let us know. And when you're happy, let us know. And I know you do. And, and I think that's so wonderful. And it's just, you know, for me, it's been a pleasure to, to catch Thank up. And, 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 and we were talking, just for anybody listening, we were talking before we recorded this. And one of the beautiful things about this is we get the chance to actually chat to each other. We tend to sort yeah. of comment on each other's posts or maybe a message or a like or a share but it's actually really nice just to sit down and chat I don't know how you found it Sharon. yes yeah, fabulous and I'm on what nobody knows out there is I dropped my laptop yesterday so I'm <laughs> on this tiny laptop so I'm kind of really close <laughs> to the screen so sorry everybody oh no I can't see a thing <laughs> no people don't need me close to the screen, close to the screen. You work perfectly Sharon um yeah and that was an interesting one wasn't it? but what, what about life's moments you know we, we were just about to record this yesterday 
a few minutes before you walked away from your screen, not realizing your headphones were plugged in and, and cause chaos. It happens, um, right? And it ha yeah, it happens. Absolutely. Um, brilliant stuff. So Sharon, thank you so much. for. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Me. Thank you so much, Matt. You're more than welcome. Um, as I always say at the end of these sessions, we have talked about some quite sensitive stuff. Mm. If anybody does need any extra help or is struggling with anything at the moment, and if you're a parent who needs to talk about mm. some, some experiences you might be going through, or if you're a young person listening who, who needs some somebody to talk to or safe space, you can always reach out to myself. And I know Sharon would, yeah, I'm sure, be more than happy to, to take any questions yeah. if people do have them. But also know that Samaritans exist today to help support some of these conversations. If you are worried about anything, if anything that has triggered in any of these discussions that we've had and you are concerned, please do reach out to Samaritans. Mm. The number's 116-123. It's free to call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Know there mm. is always somebody there to listen. It really is so important. And in the words of Sharon, let's continue to be happy. Let's hope that happiness is a, a future for all of us. Um, and that's it for the podcast. So please do subscribe, share, like, whatever it is. Let's grow these conversations. I'm looking forward to my many chats to come. Um, and we're all going to get chatting about mental health. And it's great. So, yeah, fantastic. Sharon, thank you. thank you so much. See you later. Bye. Take care. Bye.